Pursuing relationships Relationship. on purpose. One of the things that our father wants is us become one. I want to do what pleases my father. We don't have to be instantly mature in everything to be loved. You got the love of God, you got the holiness of God. You got to marry the two because that's who and what God is. This is the Encounter Culture Podcast. Welcome to the Encounter Culture Podcast. I'm Josh, and this week we are diving into new territory. I'm excited to have on the program with me uh, Pastor Andy Stump from Victory Christian Center in Carthage, Missouri. My family goes way back with the Stumps. In fact, my wife actually was raised in the church that Andy now pastors, and his, his dad was her pastor. And a lot of our family are really close with a lot of their family, and that being the case, Andy and I have just recently uh, become closer as friends and uh, started spending a little time together. So I'm really excited about sitting down with him and hearing his heart today. You know, this program is really about casting vision for our community and going after relationship deliberately, pursuing one another assuming the best of each other and seeing our fellow brothers and sisters in the body of Christ at their greatest potential. Instead of trying to find all the things that need to be fixed, we want to speak truth and life into every single person that we come in contact with so that they can truly achieve the identity that God has called them to. And so we're doing that in many different ways by stewarding encounter. And that's going to be done in many different ways throughout our community, giving points of contact where we can come together and we can worship together as the body of Christ, not just single individual gathering places, but the entire community as one. You know, we've got a bunch of different churches in Joplin and the surrounding areas. And if we could all come together on the common ground of Jesus Christ being our Savior, wow. We will see unity in the body of Christ, and we'll see a transformation in our very culture. It will literally become an encounter culture. We can also steward that by casting vision, activating people, and being creative. So we're going to also do that with this podcast, with song rights, several of those coming up as well. And we're going to be doing that through treasure hunts. And if you don't know what treasure hunts are, it's where we come together, spend a little bit of time. Usually we'll have uh, lunch or, or, or some snacks, and then we'll begin to pray, asking Holy Spirit for clues. We've had people write down clues that don't make any sense whatsoever. They just something that just comes into their heart. They write it down on a piece of paper. And then we split up into groups of two or three and head out into the community and look for these clues. Many times it brings us across the path of different people that need healing, that need an encouraging word, that need salvation. Because once we're out in the community and we do this for a couple of hours, we'll come back to the place where we first gathered and we'll go around the room and we'll hear testimony after testimony about how God moved in people's hearts throughout our community. And it's a great way to activate people that don't normally do this kind of thing. So if you're wanting to get out into the community and you don't have the courage to do that or you just really don't know how it's practically walked out, you can do that with people that have done it before. And you can explore it with people that, you know, maybe their first time as well. So it's a really great time to get together and hear other stories of what God is doing in the hearts of people in our community. And then a lot of time we'll do some worship after that and some uh, ministry time as well. So 
You can find out uh, about song rights if you're interested in songwriting. Uh, you can find out about treasure hunts. You can also find out about house fires. I uh, got incense rising coming up. All these things can be found at encounterculture.us. All the upcoming events on there. It's just a point of contact, different places that we can come together as the body of Christ and experience worshiping him and having a relationship with one another. Later on in the podcast, when we uh, sit down with Andy, we're going to hear a little bit about his story, and we're going to also hear about what God has done to bring a small group of believers into a perspective change of turning from an inward view to an outward view toward the community. It's a beautiful story. Stick around. You don't want to miss it. A continuous sound of vertical worship expressed to God in music, art, and dance. Come express your heart and encounter his presence. Incense Rising, 24 hours of expression and encounter. Hosted at Victory Christian Center in Carthage, Missouri, Friday, December 2nd from 7 p.m. to 7 p.m. Saturday, December 3rd. Worshippers, dancers, and artists are free to come and go as you please throughout the event. To lead a music set, please sign up for a time slot at incenserising.org. Welcome back to Encounter Culture Podcast, where we pursue relationship on purpose. I'm so excited today to have Andy Stump in the studio with me. Good morning, good morning. How are you, sir? I'm doing fantastic. We've already been talking for a little while here and uh, just uh, finding common ground and and different relationships that we've had in the past that have kind of collided. (laughs) And so, you know, talking about relationship, just kind of share your heart first of all about kind of where you came from so if people that don't know who you are sure can get to know you a little bit better and then we'll explore that I feel like I could write a book but uh, come from a pretty conservative background uh, my dad uh, pulled us out of public school before it was popular got away from some movements he was involved in and uh, uh, got arrested multiple times for sitting in front of an abortion clinic that's how I grew up <laughs> and it's kind of a I don't want to say isolationist, but it really kind of was isolationist. And it's kind of like circle the wagons and and hold off and stave off until Jesus comes kind of a thing. And my dad passed away here into 2020 and kind of blew open my world, both because he passed away, went to heaven, but then also because of some of the things the Lord had been showing him about. He said things like uh, he'd been impatiently patient with people. <laughs> And uh, said, the Lord hates division in the church. God hates division in the church. Now, that's that's major coming from my dad because my dad's all about division. <laughs> if, uh, you know, if, if it ain't from the word of God and it's black and white and if it don't line up in, you know, major points, but also in minor points. And he mentioned that he said there's big, he said the Lord showed him there were big H heresies and little H heresies. And the little H heresies don't exclude people as a result of that he said he needed to make things right with certain people that he had basically caused rifts with and uh Mm. he passed away and uh fell to my shoulders then to try to pick up that mantle i knew it was a big thing for him and i knew it would be a big thing for the people that had, had caused rifts with and um as a result of that the lord's kind of expanded my Thinking, realities, all sorts of things enter into areas that have been 
really kind of foreign territories in the past. But with all of that, there's some fears, there's some uncertainties. At the same time, the Spirit of the Lord is in it so much, and it's so obvious to me, and it's so obvious that that's what the Lord is doing all around and not just here in Southwest Missouri, but also just everywhere, everywhere I go. Absolutely. One of the things that blew my mind is Dad's dad was always big in the in him stuff. That was a big thing for him personally, on a personal level, when he was first a Christian. Got away from it, and then the Lord was bringing it back and putting it all in place in a beautiful way. And one of the things that he mentioned then that was kind of mind-blowing for this unity thing is he told me, he said, that's one of the things he said, that was like the last time before he passed away. I was there when he passed away. Before he passed away, this was the last visit I had with him. Big thing was in Christ. So he said, <laughs> I'm talking about the heresies, big H, little H. If they are in Christ and you're in Christ. Yeah. One spirit with the Lord. Then you're one spirit with somebody else who is one spirit with the Lord. That's it. That's mind blowing. And, <laughs> and, uh, a big, a big revelation, big change for my dad. Isn't it interesting that in the, the, the last moments of life, mm. he was brought back to relationship, back to the importance of relationship and pursuing that relationship on purpose. And I've mentioned this too. It's like, if the Lord ain't changing you up to the moment of death, you're not, I don't know if you're really a Christian. Right. It's it's the transformative power of him living inside of us and living through us. It's his relationship with us that breeds relationship with one another. It really is. So going forward from here, yes. you, you probably feel like you've got uh, quite a mission on your life and quite a responsibility, not just for your own flock, but for you know how you're going to steward that uh, with the with the body of Christ at large. How do you see that happening? Well, so, and that's a big thing too, because my dad was a big, looming, large figure. And it was so much, you know. So, my dad's testimony looms large. It was a Saul on the road to Damascus testimony. Just incredible. He cried every time he talked about it and was so serious about that and making sure that people had that because there is an issue of people not really encountering the Lord the way they need to. Um, and that's either people faking it or people getting something and not letting it progress the way it needs to progress. Here I am a kid, teenager. I don't have those kind of experiences. <laughs> and so then it was a big struggle. It's like, well, what's going on here? I never doubted God existed, but it's like, what's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. And I had a big fight of faith on my hands over the years. My salvation experience baptism of the Holy Spirit experience that bled into well I don't know what I'm doing with my life I don't know what I want to be or what I want to do when I grow up and never felt like I had a call on my life necessarily I mean the Lord used me I taught at messenger college had a wonderful four or five years of that I love the word of God I felt like the Lord used me in certain places. I mean I could feel the Lord use me to say things and do things and then I preached on Sunday nights at our church wonderful Definitely felt like the Lord gave me messages to give. It was fantastic. But I never felt like, well, what am I? I don't know. <laughs> and I, even then, when my dad's passing away, he's going into heaven, he's like, 
you're now the pastor of Victory Christian Center. And I'm thinking, oh, what? <laughs> this isn't a family business. You can't do that to me. I'm like, you of all people know. So I didn't even feel like I had a call even then. It's like, he's thinking I've got a ministry. He's thinking I've got a call. I would like to know that on a real level. One thing that had helped was he had laid his hands on me the visit before he'd passed away. And I didn't think much of it at the time. Then I realized, wow, that was like Abraham blessing Isaac. That was like Isaac blessing Jacob. That was like, oh, the Lord had to show me, yeah, I've got you. And he did that because <clears throat> I was talking to a pastor friend in Iowa. He said, you know what this sounds like? It sounds like Paul, which I've always thought my dad's testimony saw in the middle of Damascus. You sound like Timothy. Whew. As soon as he said that, I was like, oh, my, that's what he's, that's exactly right. <laughs> You've known the scriptures from a youth. That's my testimony. Right. The faith that was in your mother and your grandmother, now I'm convinced, lives in you. And then there are things wow. like, stir up the gift, Timothy. Stir up the gift of God. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's big because it's like I don't have this light from heaven gloriously shining upon me saying you're saved you're my beloved and now go preach none of that i'm sitting under my dad's shadow so to have all that flood in and and then he said the gift of laying on of hands and immediately i went back to my dad doing that in the hospital room on his hospital bed right i was like oh lord well you know and then since then it's like everybody wants to pray for me you know people that i know that i've gotten back with it's like let's you know they want to lay hands on me and i was like bring it on <laughs> right right and that has just built and built and built and it's to the point then it's like you know if the lord can show us you need to open up he can show anybody you need to open up and right. get in relationship with people. <laughs> right. Absolutely. And, you know, when you said the Timothy thing, the first yeah. thing that popped into my mind was the goal of our instruction is love. Yeah. With a clear conscience, yeah. sincere heart, and genuine yeah. faith. That was that was what Paul was writing to Timothy. That was the why behind the letters, you know. And that was your the last words of your father to you. Yes. <laughs> the goal of our That's instruction right. is love. Oh. And, wow. Because there's powerful. a whole section there, too, that he talked about love. Lord right. is showing me I haven't loved I haven't shown love the way I need to. That's what he had said. It was one of the things he repented on his deathbed, essentially. Yeah, that's awesome. And a big centered around love and restoring relationships. <laughs> and he also told him, uh, "Don't get into those silly little arguments." But, yeah, but big age, give the truth yep. in love. Yes, and maybe God will give the gift of repentance. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Well, all right, Timothy. I'm calling you Timothy from now on. <laughs> That's awesome. You're no longer Andy. You're not Timothy. <laughs> That's biblical. Change your name. <laughs> there you go. So, needless to say, in the in the past, victory has kind of been isolated from the rest of the body for the most part, and kind of been so. A it's weird when, when, he, when he built the church. He built it right there at the intersection of what is now 49 and 44. The thing is, he used to have camp meetings here, and people would come from all over the country. We met first at the Mickey Mantle Holiday Inn, where Lowe's is now on Range Line, and uh, then started meeting at the Ramada. 
and then met at the new Holiday Inn, which is now the dilapidated homeless shelter. <laughs> <laughs> Bless but, you know, there was a big water wheel in there. They had like a putt and green in there. I grew up with meetings in there, people coming from all over the country. And that was one of the reasons why he built that dome right there. It's a huge building. Yeah. And he wanted at the crossroads there. Yeah. And then, you know, like I said, got away from some of the movements and stuff he was in. And that died away and um, kind of started shriveling up a bit. Right. So. A little more protective. As, way as more moving protective. Forward, yeah. Way more protective. And I, I think there's a place for some of that. Um, you know, the Lord is a faith once and for all delivered to the saints. There's a contending there for that. But there's a contending for that not at the expense of other truths right? from the Word of God. And uh, so that's I feel like there's a little bit full circle coming back around to some things that maybe the Lord had placed in him as a vision that uh, never got fully realized. And the Lord was still there. The Lord was still working. But now we're, we're back on, I think, yeah. what the Lord may have had from the beginning. So is it more outward focused, more outside oh, the four walls? No, definitely. Yeah. One of the first things we did uh, when, when I stepped in the pulpit, and Dad was aware of water gardens and, and liked water gardens, their mission and everything. So then it was like reached out to water gardens. And I said, well, for, first of all, we're going to start supporting them financially. We've got givers in our church, no doubt about it. I was like, guess what? We're going to start giving to water gardens. That's awesome. So we sent a check to water gardens first thing, and they were like, oh, who are you? What are you doing? And, <laughs> and uh, so they said, uh, Ruth uh, Willoughby, she called and said, hey, we'd like to get to know you. And so James uh, Whitford came out. Fantastic service. Fantastic delivery of what the mission is. Right. They're, again, very personal relationship focused. Right. I like that idea of these are people who they don't just need somebody to throw stuff at them. They need someone to talk to them and treat them like a human being for crying out loud. I agree. You know, and we can get so jaded with things like that, you know. So just to be able to sit down and and talk to them about the Lord, talk to them about your life. I love the fact that they go out. They go out and where the homeless encampments are Mm -hmm. and and they want to talk to people. And they want to pray for people. Yeah. Whoa, that's like going in the highways and byways. So that kind of goes along the same line of what you're talking about. There's a very strong emphasis on relationship right. in that sense, as well as other things. you know. But that was a big deal for us then to kind of branch out in that way. And he, he said he wanted people to come. And so we started committing to making at least one meal a month and then uh, got involved in a speak on Tuesday nights there for the chapel there. It's been fantastic. So that's kind of been our launching pad is watered gardens. It's always been said, it might be cliched, but we've been in a certain vein for so long. And you can see, okay, we need to make a change here. And you can have well-meaning intentions to make the change. But then when you go to make the change, (laughs) you're breaking out of stuff that you've been doing as a habit for so long. Right. So I really feel like this is a a time for us that the Lord is working on us. Yeah. Changing us. Mm-hmm. Stretching us. Yeah. So coming to incense rising was a stretch. Right. Tell me a little bit about so that. What's, the, so that, the, what's uh, happened there? There's a little bit of resistance. Yeah. Uh, so you invited us not that long after Dad passed away and became pastors. You invited us. I was like, 
Why not? <laughs> <laughs> what do we do? We'll do this. <laughs> well, so there again, that's you said. How does that look like going going forward? Well, then it was like he invited. Well, you've never invited us before. You've never reached out before. We've known each other on kind of like a surface level. Mm-hmm. So we've been Facebook friends and stuff like that for a long time. You never invited me before. So. God does not like it when the church is disunified. So here comes Josh Coat asking me, <laughs> "Hey, you want to do incense rising?" And you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, "Not really." But then, on the other hand, I'm seeing my dad. I'm hearing my dad, and I'm thinking, "Why not?" You know. And then part of it too is kind of um, an apprehension because. <sighs> Part of the circling of the wagons is not just a circle. You have beliefs and you have things that you've got that people have made fun of or have bashed you for or have not been happy with. And you kind of just curl up in a fetal position inside. Outside, you're kind of acting like you're John Wayne and you're not John Wayne because inside you're curled up in a fetal position. And so there's a, there's a little bit of a, well, they're going to think our songs are stupid because they're from the 60s and 70s and we're just not about, you know. So when I I don't know if you remember, but when you messaged me, I was like, well, you're probably not going to like our song list because we've got stupid old songs, you know. And you're like, no, one time I did a whole set of Keith Green. I was like, oh, <laughs> that made me feel extremely comfortable. And realize again, you get stuff stuck in your head that no, this can't happen. Right? No, I feel like that's the devil. Yeah, for sure. Trying to put blockages in the way. Right. Unnecessary blockages. So that's what we came and sang, and just had a blast doing it. Stayed longer because the the uh, family and the couple that did the set after us. Guess what? They did old songs too. <laughs> <laughs> Right? Yeah. So I'm sitting there singing with them and it was fantastic. It was wonderful. They did a great job. They were and there again it wasn't a show. Right. So the fact that that was your focus as well is that it's focused towards the Lord. I was like, okay, I can handle that. Yeah. Had a wonderful encounter with that. Next quarter, my wife was like, I want to get the musicians from the church involved. (laughs) I was like, All right, good luck with that. Because I'll be honest with you, I got a call. Like, I don't know about this encounter thing. I got a call, phone call. I don't know about this encounter thing. I'm like, well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that person went to the encounter the next time, and the Lord moved on him. That's awesome. In a major way. And um, just once again, just showing the Lord's in this. Yeah. And it's not unity at all costs, but it is, it is unity. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's. Paul says that in one of the epistles. Make every effort. That's right. Make every effort. Yeah, how many? <laughs> every every effort. effort. Yeah. That's awesome. That's not in our psyche. That's not in our theology from where I'm coming from, you know. It's make every effort to stand for the truth. Mm-hmm. And again, there's a place for that. I'm not I'm not bashing that at all. I'm not letting go of that. Right. But how do you mix that? The Bible's full of that. You've got the love of God. You've got the holiness of God. Right. If you get too far off on one, you're in trouble. You get too far off on the other, you're in trouble. You've got to marry the two because that's who and what God is. So same thing. You've got to stand for the truth. And you've got to stand for the truth at all costs, even if it costs your life. But you've got to make every effort. <laughs> right. That's what I'm learning. 
you got to make every effort. That's right. Yeah. And how can you make that effort unless you pursue that? That is absolutely correct. Right. And my relationship with the Lord is never going to look like my relationship with you. And my relationship with you is never going to look like my relationship with the world. Sure. But uh, it's Bring them it's into all this relationship. It's all very different. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That they may know him. Paul and said our message is reconciliation. That's Be it. reconciled to That's God. right. Yeah. I tend to uh, kind of lean that way in most conversations because uh, the desire for justice is so prevalent in our society. And it's not our job. He's the judge. He's the one that brings justice. And so our ability to reconcile is way more important than our ability to correct. And although there is correction, there is loving, fatherly duties that we have to one another. But the reconciliation, like whenever our kids mess up, when they do something wrong, our desire is to reconcile them, not to punish them. Right. Punishment sometimes is needed to reconcile. But it's not to bring justice or to make them feel bad or to bring fairness. It's to bring them back into a place of reconciliation, a place of forgiveness. And that's because that's the nature of God's judgment. It's never just to make you feel bad or feel horrible or have a rotten life. It's always to get you to get back to him. It depends on who you talk to. <laughs> but you're right. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's uh, one of the things that in, in the book of Revelation that just blows my mind. He's pouring out the bowls of wrath. It's the end. Right, right. And the verse is, and yet they still did not repent. That's a roundabout way of saying he's still looking. Right. Up until the very oh. last split second, he's looking. Oh, looking. That's so crazy, man. Looking. That's going to mess me up. You had to bring up Revelation, didn't you? <laughs> all this time, we were doing just fine, and then all of a sudden... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to sneak it in there at the end. <laughs> no, it's all good. That blows my mind. I'm putting an end to this. It's over. Yeah. Anybody want? Anybody in? else? Yeah. Yeah. Who wants in? Nobody. Okay. Wow. Andy, it's been so good having you on. Ah, uh, it's been a blast. And I'm I'm excited that you know our relationship is yes. is growing and that yes. we're, we're getting to know each other better. Yes. And it's just and, begun. I know, and I'm I'm hoping that uh, we even get closer and can do things Absolutely. together in the future as well. Absolutely. God bless you. You too. <laughs> <laughs> So good to talk with Andy. We'll sit down with him at a later date and hear how God is moving and what he's doing in the hearts of the people at Victory Christian Center. It's going to be good. I know it is as he integrates them more and more with our community. I'm really excited about next week. One of my favorite people, uh, someone who just really carries the spirit of revival and has a mother's heart. Nancy Harriman will be on the program with us, and you don't want to miss that program. It's going to be really, really special. I guarantee it. Next time on the Encounter Culture Podcast. We'll see you then. 